All right. Hello, listeners. Have we got a podcast for you guys tonight? Okay. Uh, we're here with a special guest. Uh, her name is Diane. And Ted, can you tell us a little bit about Diane? Okay. For those of you who have read my story, Masquerade of Angels, that was I co-wrote with Carla Turner, uh, there was in the very first chapter of uh, a very good friend of mine that I was doing a psychic reading for Beverly was her name and uh, Beverly contacts me one day. Now this all takes place in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, probably around, I want to say 1990 or 1991. Diane, do you, do you, remember about what year this happened Ooh, i'm gonna say 91 probably yeah. 91 yeah that sounds Anne was really young then yeah right okay well i got this phone call from uh beverly and and she said ted you're not gonna believe this but she said i have a friend named diane and she's got a young daughter who is telling them telling her parents that she was taken during the night and that uh that you saved her life and and that you were taken somewhere uh now this is how it came about i had never met you diane we never had met had we not at all no, no. and i had never seen uh ann your daughter had i not no, no. and and how how was i ann at this time she was probably three and a half, four. Three she was in preschool. Yeah. Okay. I remember she was very small. But at, at any rate, I'm going to let you now, you pick up right here. And and uh, here we are. We had, we're strangers. We never had met. And then Beverly is saying that your daughter and I had some type of abduction. And if you will go move in there now, Diane, and begin to tell us, and, and then I will fill in places too, and we'll get the story out here. Okay. So it started with Anne coming to my room in the middle of the night, scared because she would tell me the uglies came and got her through her wall. And I'd say, what do you mean the uglies? And she said, they just come through my wall, mom, and they take me. And and they take me somewhere and I see kids going on a belt and it's moving. And then I, and then I wake up and I'm scared and that's why I'm here. And so I bring her in my bed and, you know, I cuddle with her and she'd sleep with me and my husband the rest of the night. A few can nights I just, later. Sorry, can, I, can I just jump in here? Did you know anything about aliens at this point? No, I thought she was having bad dreams. Yeah. You know, that's like I the typical just, response. Yeah, I thought it was nightmares. So, you know, okay, you cuddled your child. Well, you know, and, look at look at me. Throughout all my years, I thought I was being visited by angels. Yeah. Oh. You know, it, it's, it's very deceptive because our minds are not, we're just not programmed to know that these are alien beings coming in. They're, they're not God's angels. No. Right. Okay, so uh, she comes into you saying the ugly's got her. And that was the thing that she always said, you know, it, it, it repeated itself maybe every three or four days, you know, she'd come in. And I remember one night specifically waking up 
because I felt there was somebody in the room and I looked down at her and she was standing at the foot of the bed. And the only way I can describe her, she was almost catatonic. I mean, her eyes were fixed and she was just standing there. And I said, did the uglies come again? She didn't say anything. I reached over and picked her up and she was stiff as a board. I put her in my bed with me, wrapped my arms around her. And I said, well, the uglies can't get you because you're here with mom now. Yeah, yeah. And were you believing her at this point? I was still thinking it was nightmares. Yeah. I was thinking that she was, you know, I, I had a, I used to have dreams about this guy named Richie when I was a kid. And I thought it was the same kind of concept, you know, guy would come and if you, he looked through your window and saw you, then you end up paralyzed. You know, I had that dream forever, but so I knew. Bleep. Sorry. Bleep. (laughs) Beverly, you mean. Yep. I knew Beverly had abilities because it had come out in conversations that we'd had because she and I hung around a lot. There was like a group of us and we all hung around. So Beverly, I knew Beverly um, had abilities because she and I hung around with a bunch of mutual people and it, it had come up in conversations. And I told her the issues that Anne was having. And she said, I think she's being abducted. And I'm like, no, there's no way. And she goes, let me let you talk to a friend of mine, Ted. And I said, okay. So Fabian arranged for her and I to go over to Ted's house one night. And that's when I first met Ted. I'd never met him before. Didn't know who he was. Didn't know anything about him. And I told him out Anne's story. And he said, I think she's being abducted. And I said, you know, he was asking me questions like, what does she say? And I told him that she talks about the uglies. She would talk about being down there, wherever she, that wherever they took her and she would see kids being put on a belt, you know, like a moving belt, like in a factory and, and going into a building. And she goes, and every time I would get close to going on that belt, she goes, I would come back to my room. I wouldn't go. And um, that's when I started saying, well, this is little, you know, this kind of an involved thing. And I asked her, I said, well, where do they take you? Now, remember, she was little. Between probably three and four. And she said, they take me to South America. So how a kid that little is going to know South America, you know, if she said, oh, living in Shreveport, they took me to Dallas, she might know Dallas, you know, she might know another city around Shreveport, but she sure isn't going to know South America because that's not something that we just pop up in conversation with her. And so when I told Ted this, he goes, I'd like to meet her at some point. Well, we used to have these huge dinners at our house. We would invite all our friends over and we, they'd all bring ingredients and we'd make Chinese food one time or we'd make Mexican food one time. And I invited Ted over because I wanted him to meet her. Yeah. Ted and Beverly and I were sitting on my back porch and Anne came trotting by and I said, Anne. And she said, what? And I said, this is Ted. I want you to meet him. She goes, I know him. 
I go, how do you know him? She goes, he's the guy that saved me from the uglies. And Ted, did you recognize her? Uh, sort of, but sort of not. Uh, it, it was somewhat confusing to me, I, as I remember. Now, this is a long time ago. But there was some recognition, yes. I felt it. But uh, I just wasn't sure of it all because, you know, back then I didn't know very much about uh, ufology and aliens. Uh, I was just getting acquainted with Carla Turner and Barbara Barthley. And uh, so I, it was new to me also. Yeah. Uh, so if you understand what I'm trying to say, I, I didn't recognize uh, and as yeah, I would I, I I see her all the time or or something like that, but there was there was a familiarity, yes. Like deja vu or something. Yeah, something that felt a little like that. And uh, do you want to carry on there? Well, this is kind of where Ted needs to jump in too, because when she said that, I thought that's quite unique. Now when Ted and I saw each other about a month ago one of the things that we talked about was that time and he said i can and he told me about a, one of his things i guess you call abductions that he had and ted you want to tell about that well we started connecting there when we were with beverly and on the important we started connecting and I had just, like in the last week or so or days, it was very close to when I had met met you folks for the first time, that I had been taken again. And I remembered that they took me out through the walls of, 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 of my bedroom during the night and that I was taken somewhere and I knew that it was uh, South America. Uh, it's the guide or whoever was leading me or taking me made it clear that I knew that it was in South America. I also knew because they made it clear that this was in the northern part of South America, which I feel was probably northern Brazil. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not absolutely positive, but that that's my my feeling on it and we were taken into an underground facility like in a mountainside or 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 a hill or something like into a cave into the ground and i remembered being taken there and i remembered being taken off the the craft that we were on i could not see and identify uh ever the individual or alien that was guiding me it's it, it's like they deliberately put a mental block where i could not see them but yet i knew they were there i felt their presence and they were leading me and i i did remember uh going up where a a larger ship had come in and it was 
as memory serves me, it was not like a, a, your typical round flying saucer, but it was kind of, uh, I want to say a little more oblong in shape. Uh, and I do remember it was big and they had, uh, I, I could see a, a conveyor belt coming out of the side of that rolling, like you would see luggage at the airport on the conveyor belts where you go to pick up your suitcases. And it was working like that. And I, I very much remembered that, uh, there were children and not just all girls, there were boys and girls and they were of different races. Uh, and, and most of them were zombies. Like they were just laying there in a catatonic state, uh, not moving, but as they were rolling, there was this one child, a little girl, very small, uh, who was alert and she was sitting there and she was uh, crying and she as as I'm standing there I remember she reached up she put her arms up and when she did I reached down and took her by the arm and when I got her by the arm it's like we were running and we ran just as fast as we could and we got back on the craft that we had come in or that I had come in on I she wasn't on it and then the next thing I know Back in my bedroom, I wake up and that's what I remembered. And then for several days after that, I'm walking to run what in the heck was that all about? You know, and then all of a sudden, uh, Beverly contacts me with Diane here. And then I begin to hear this remarkable story from Diane and her daughter. And I was just absolutely floored because there was this child that I had supposedly got rescued and, and, and here she was real standing there in front of me. Right. Yeah. And uh, just inside this uh, underground base, Ted, what did it look like? It reminded, you know what a, a Quonset hut is? A Quonset hut, uh, it, it's kind of a round domed thing, but it's long. Uh, but the roof of it is curved. It, it's not uh, corner it's kind of like a ball. half circle made out of metal. Yeah, but it's right. Long. Yeah, yeah. I think well, it the looking up, it looked like we were inside a huge one of those. The the uh, the colors uh, inside was a, a a light gray color. Uh, I, I remember seeing that and it seemed like everything was the same color except a few like railings for uh, crosswalks and things. They were they were like painted painted like uh, a real dark gunmetal gray or either maybe black. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember any windows. I do remember there were several ships in there scattered around. Uh, with the one that brought the children in to me was the largest one. Uh, that basically is about all, but I do remember that when we came in, I could see out a window and it was a lot of very green forest. And I could see like lakes or rivers or something here and there, uh, in the landscape, 
but uh, that South American setting, it, it, it looked, it reminded me like pictures maybe you would see from, from the air of the Amazon area. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and so that I remember that that's about all I remember on that. And uh, Diane, what did uh, Anne say about all this? Well, she never, she never said anything until when we had that dinner. And that's when I knew that there was a connection with her and Ted. And I tell you, it floored me when she said, yeah, I know him. He's the one that saved me from the uglies. She'd never met Ted. She had no idea who he was, but she was very comfortable around him. Right. Yeah. And I had never met her either. And I, I was equally as floored. In fact, I didn't know what to say. Does, uh, did she describe the same place though? She, uh, the, mo- the most she ever talked about was there being lots of kids and there being the belt and the uglies would put the kids on the belt and the belt would take them into another ship or whatever it was. And every time she said, every time I was supposed to go on there, I would end up back in my room. Somebody would come take me back into my room. And she never talked about anybody. You know, she never get, you know, ever noticed. How do I say not noticed, recognized anybody else that we ever had touched bases with just Ted. Ted's the one when I said, you know, this is Ted. She said, yeah, I know him. He saved me from the uglies. And that's what she always called him was the uglies. And I'm, Kissing a little kid, that's what they would be considered very ugly. And are her uh, experiences ongoing? No, she says she doesn't have them anymore. In fact, my remembrance of this is better than hers. She said there's one thing she does remember was a stealth fighter coming when she was there. And that's the one thing she remembers. And sometimes she would end up in the stealth fighter the weird thing is is i'm not a history buff but that was 91 did they have stealth fighters then uh yeah they did yeah um but also she might have been confusing it for the triangle shaped craft because they're kind of the same shape oh okay but maybe she maybe she maybe it was a stealth fighter you know um and what about like did you ever notice anything around the house like uh did you ever notice like she was missing at certain points or anything no no um her issue was always happening at night so there was never a time where i'd had to had to go look for her or anything and of course i'd be sleeping when she was sleeping so i would never notice if she was gone yeah yeah and you were saying you had your own experiences with this person called ricky yeah and i Sorry, go on. No, I I never realized. It could have been I was having the same thing. But I do remember waking up and freaking out and telling my sister, you know, I just had a nightmare. I had a dream that this guy named Ricky was coming. And I would have, I had that a lot. And the weird thing is, is it, you know, it was, it wasn't like I had it once. And then the next time it was like a monster with three heads and stuff. It was always the same guy named Ricky. He would come through the neighborhood and he'd look through the window. And if he could see you, you, he, he would freeze you. Yeah. Yeah. 
but only if he saw you. Only if he saw you. So it was like. Well, that uh, sounds like uh, you were having a contact, definitely. I, I feel like it was more than just a dream, Diane. I remember Bud Hopkins saying once, um, uh, abductees when they're getting abducted and they think it's a dream, and Bud Hopkins would ask, "Well, what did? Where did this abduction happen?" They'd say, "Oh, it happened in my bedroom." And I was like, "What did your bedroom look like?" And they'd say, "Oh, it looked exactly like my bedroom. Like everything was in place, you know." And uh, Bud Hopkins would say, well, if you're having a dream, like, let's say, like, you're in your bedroom, but the ceiling was like 10 feet high than what it should have been, like, you know, because, you know, when you're having a dream, like, there's differences. But as people were recounting these, uh, what they thought were dreams, they were describing rooms exactly the, the way they were. Uh, it does, it does kind of sound like you might have had a bit of contact as well. See, and I never thought of that. I just yeah. thought it was just nightmares when I was a kid. Yeah. That's a lot of, and a lot of parents think that as well with their children. Like that's like the standard one that, oh, you've just had a nightmare and they kind of brush it off. Um, but I always wondered if that was a bit of programming itself. Like if people were, uh, if that's, they were kind of programmed to have that reaction. Ted, what do you think? Well, definitely so. I agree. Definitely. Uh, many people have contacts that think they've had some kind of weird dream and it's, it's left that way throughout their life. Right. And uh, I, I thought some of mine were just weird dreams. And um, so was that the only time uh, you and Anne met Ted? Uh, yes. Uh, Diane, did we ever meet again? I don't know. We did, I we did not. You got kind of busy with your um, family life and, we moved to um, Oklahoma, and I just happened to catch up with Ted on Facebook, and and we chat on Facebook Messenger all the time now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did. I want to go back. I I I remembered a couple of other things. I think uh, that that I would like to share uh, during this abduction. I recall, and I'd forgotten about this, but I did share this with Carla and Barbara. I saw in this underground facility hundreds of little tiny, big enough to just sit in the palm of your hand, like little tiny helicopters. And there were hundreds of them, and this was the place where they were being manufactured. And I remember asking whoever had taken me there, what were those for? And I was told that they can blink on and off where they can be in front of you and you see them and then they they can blink off and you don't see them anymore uh, kind of like these spears that we've talked about and he told me they were going to be uh assigned to be around people uh and they didn't say every human on on the earth so i don't don't want to imply that but if they were going to be around certain people and they uh, observing them and watching them, uh, and, and I don't know if they would do anything to the people or not, 
but they were going to be recording and uh, I don't know what else to say, just recording or keeping up uh, pr the presence of these individuals that were going to be around. Uh, uh, think kind of like a little spy equipment, in my opinion. Do you think there's some connection with those and what people people report seeing black helicopters over mutilated cattle? Well, I have wondered that myself. That's why I, I had forgotten about the little helicopters, but I wanted to put that in there. Uh, maybe some of the uh, people listening might know more if they can contribute to this. Uh, that's all I remember about it at that time and what was told to me. Um, uh, for, I, I really, I, as far as what was happening to the children on the belts and where they were going and what was happening, uh, I didn't go inside that, that part of the building where these children were taken. So I don't know what was happening inside there. Uh, but I have an idea that it wasn't a very good thing. No, oh, yeah. And, but we won't go into that at this time. But uh, I, I was absolutely floored uh, with when, when Diane approached me and told me about what happened. And, and then Ann comes in and identifies me. And I'm thinking, you know, yeah, this is that child. I'm, I, 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 I think I was sort of in shock. But I do remember it was like a deja vu experience. And I really felt that it was her, the one that I had been with in, in this situation. Yeah. And uh, Diane, did Anne ever tell you anything else about the abductions? Uh, any messages she ever got or communications? Uh, anything like that? No, she did not. She mainly did. Her thing was the uglies came and got me and she would, they, she never said that they said anything to her. She just knew that they put other kids on that belt. And every time it was her turn to go on the belt, she would end up coming back into her room. She never ended up on that belt, which I'm okay. thankful for. Yeah. Now, do you think that this happened to her repeatedly often that she was taken and put on this belt? Or was it such a, a profound trauma that she keeps recalling it? I think they took her more than once. Okay. Well, see, I don't remember being taken but one time. Oh, to this place in South America? Right. I don't remember being taken but one time. And that's why I was, I was thinking, you know, if it had been extremely traumatizing for her, and I believe it was, she may be like redreaming it or it may be surfacing uh, a lot while she's sleeping, the fear of it. Uh, Ted, um, do you find it a bit strange that both you and her were, weren't in this catatonic, catatonic state? Yes. That is, it's a bit odd to me. Uh, and then you were both able to just walk back onto the craft. Right. Yeah. Well, as in many of my abductions, I, were t I was taken in a way that uh, the aliens operating the program, wherever we, I was taken, they, were, they couldn't see me. 
they were unaware that I was there. That happened in the Dulce, New Mexico uh, uh, abduction. So you think it was something they, similar? They, they couldn't see. They were not aware that I was there seeing what they were doing. Yeah. So you think it was something similar? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think. See, see, the other children were like zombies. They were like passed out. The only one that was active and moving and crying was Anne. Yeah. So I, I, I think me and her, I think we were in a different state in which they could see us did uh otherwise when i took her by the hand and, and we left and went back to the craft that i had come in on i i would think that the, these overseers would have run and tried to have uh, stopped us yeah but they didn't they didn't seem to be aware that we were there and did carla and barbara ever meet Anne? i don't think so did they diane no they did not yeah. No, okay. But you told Carla about it. Oh, yeah. After it happened, I, I, I called Barbara. I said, you're not going to believe this. You know, and I told her what had happened. And what were their thoughts on it? Uh, they were as floored as I was. Both Carla and uh, Barbara both wanted to meet Diane and, and uh, Ann. They wanted to meet them, but it never worked out. There was the distance involved and where they lived and, and getting everybody together. And then uh, Diane moved away. And then uh, I had taken responsibility of two of my grandchildren there for a while. And uh, so I got occupied with that. And then uh, we started trying to put together masquerade of angels. And anyway, it just never happened. Yeah, yeah. Life kind of sucks you in, doesn't it? It does. Right. Uh, is there any other details that you can remember, uh, Diane, about this? Not, not that I haven't already spoken about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So well, I thought I thought it was interesting that uh, uh, that Diane, when when we were together here recently and we visited, that she shared with me that she had an ex uh, friend, a close friend, that worked at Dulcie. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I used to go up there quite often. And, uh, uh, I assume like there's an actual base on the surface, is there? I'm sorry? Is there a base on the surface? Is this person in the military? No, 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 not at all. Uh, and, just, uh, just, oh, so you just went on a trip up to Dulcie. Right. And well, he, he actually worked at a community center there. And um, I would go up and visit with him. And that was right about the same time that the cattle mutilations were going on. Yeah. And I was still in college when that was going on. Yeah. So uh, do you think it's like a, all these coincidences that kind of all brought you together? Do you think that was? I think so. Yeah. Do you think it was planned? Like you I, thought. Possible. Ted, I I kind of I feel like it, it it there's a plan involved that we're unaware of that we're all connected. Royce, I, okay. I, I well, you know you have to think about this situation. 
uh, of, of a power being involved in our lives that we're not aware of. For, for example, uh, what value would my story of being taken to this uh, base in South America if I didn't have a, a corroborating witness with me? And what better than a, uh, a four-year-old child? Yeah, innocently, innocently identify me, and and I identified her, uh, you know. And then we separate, and then years later, you and I are doing this broad bot podcast, you know, and we're trying to get information out here to the public so they'll help understand our alien connection better. Then Diane and I suddenly reconnect. And then, uh, you know, and here this story of my witness uh, is available again after all these years to share with everybody. And so, yes, I think there is a force involved in manipulating our lives. And um, Diane, uh, how's, how's Anne dealt with all this? She does not remember very much of it. Yeah. Well, she was very young at the time. Right. So, which is a good thing. She doesn't appear to be having any other visitations. Right. And how old is she now? She is in her 30s now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Was there anything else you guys wanted to discuss before we go? No. I want to thank Diane so much for sharing this story with us. It's, uh, to me, it's a remarkable story. Yeah, Diane, we really appreciate it. Um, you know, we've we've arranged to have so many other guests on the show and they all pull out at, at last minute kind of stuff, you know. I think people get a bit nervous. Uh, but I try to tell people like it's just just think of it as just like a discussion, like more than anything else. Right. Um, yeah, I just want to remind everybody to be kind to Mother Earth. This is the only home we have. Be kind to each other. Life is a learning process where we all learn to be patient and loving and kind to each other. That is the mission of the whole planet. Let's all participate in that and don't let division make fools of us. Nice. And uh, once again, Diane, thanks a lot for coming on. We really appreciate this. My pleasure. Nice meeting you. Till the next time, listeners.